Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host, Antonio Hicks, aka Escaping the Matrix. I welcome my co-host Tamika Day back as we discuss the business of gaming. So we all grew up loving video games, but never in, in my childhood could I have imagined creating a business or making money from the industry. But it's also due to when I was growing up, there was no such thing as high-speed internet or streaming platforms. The closest thing we had to game tournaments came from Stanford University for the game Space War, where students were invited to an intergalactic Space War Olympics, which brand prior was a year subscription for Rolling Stones. But then, you know, come along Space Invader Championship held by Atari in 1980, which is one of the first largest scale championships with more than over 10,000 participants across the United States. And that started mainstream gaming as a competitive hobby as a whole. So throughout the 80s and the 70s and the 80s, esports players and tournaments began being featured in like newspaper articles and magazines, including Life and Time. And the next largest esports tournament came in the 90s which a lot of us remember because it was the Nintendo World Championship. When you introduced Super Mario Brothers, so, you know, they had, they, they had a, a movie made about it with Fred Savage in there, which toured across the United States and it held its finals at the Universal Studios. So now let's fast forward to today. We have high-speed internet taking place in most places, in most places. We have massively popular streaming platforms like Twitch, YouTube, Caffeine, Facebook, etc. But some of the most popular streamers provide content making over millions, millions of dollars. So what separates them from anyone today? Nothing, nothing at all. But yet a lot of us grew up never being taught that this was even an industry that we can break off into. So here again today is my co-host as we discuss this as a whole to understand why and how to get started today in growing your new venture in the world of gaming. Welcome back to Mika and our discussion of the business of gaming. Hello, hello. Can't wait to get into this. I'm going to be a little bit on the sideline. I'm learning from Antonio today as we're talking about gaming, but do have a little bit of insight as I've done some research and some reading. So according to the website built in, which is builtin.com, it says, what does the future of the gaming industry look like from virtual reality to artificial intelligence? These technologies are shaping the future of video games. So we hear about technology, we're discovering Disney, Amazon, all of these new platforms. I'm always curious to know where they get money from behind the scene, you know, and the creativity. Now you have strategies coming up for Amazon Studios, you know, the Disney Plus and the TVs now are so smart. But how can we get, become a part of this financial situation? Um, that's happening around the global population of gaming. And that's something where we're going to talk about. We know a lot of times on our, on this show, we talk about diversity and inclusion and helping those who are not forward thinkers and thinking about this. So as parents who may be listening or have nieces and nephews and young adults in their lives, when you put down that video game, stop playing that game. Let's figure out how we can, you know, reconnect and change the mindset of gaming and put some type of perspective on it and some guidelines, but also looking at how it is a billion, not multi-million, but a billion dollar industry that we need to understand really the the mechanics of it or the technology behind it so that we can be on the opposite end and not just purchasing and playing, but being coders, creating games and learning how we can make money from these gaming sources. So also on built-in, gaming industry revenue in 2019 
Gaming, mobile gaming was $64.4 billion. PC gaming, which is personal computers, $29.6 billion. Console gaming, meaning you bought a physical, um, what is it? PS2, 3, we're probably on a 4 or 5 by now. PlayStation. <laughs> we're on PS5. PS5, $15.4 billion. Game-related videos, um, most popular, we know about Fortnite, maybe Roblox, depending on your age group of your kid, $6.5 billion. And then there's VR and AR gaming, which is $6.3 billion. So I thought I had my notes together. And as I'm reading this, this is what I want to say to you, Antonio, before we go back to the notes. Let's talk about even the language of gaming. As I'm sitting here and I'm reading this, I know that VR stands for virtual reality. And what is AR? Artificial what? No. (laughs) No, I'm just saying, in general, let's think about what is AR? What is VR? Game-related videos, console gaming, PC gaming. Let's just speak a little bit about it is a entire new language. So I would say that part of the reason why big tech companies are seizing the moment, like Apple, Google, and Amazon, and developing gaming products, and other people are sitting on the sideline waiting on it, is because we don't even know this conversation even exists or how to partake in the conversation. So why don't you start with that and tell us a little bit of some things that we should be listening for, looking for, and maybe on the development side, you know, learning the language of game. So, well, let's start saying about VR and AR. So you have virtual reality, which is where you actually wear a headset. Um, and what is it? Oculus Oculus had one initially, and I forget who the other one was. <clears throat> you wear a headset, you have, like, you put it in your hand, and that submerges you within, like, computer-type environment. Everything is... Now it looks more fluid than what it used to be when it first was introduced. I think it was uh, Johnny Mnemonic or whatever the movie with Keanu Reeves in it. And it had one with uh, Max Hedrum. So and there was actually a horror movie based on it, too. But you actually go into a virtual environment, like a virtual world. You submerge into a virtual world. Things used to be pixelated. Now it looks more like it. So it's, that's why they call it a virtual reality. So it's, it's augmented differently, differently than what you're currently in right now. And it is, it is kind of trippy when you get into it. It's kind of trippy because you can't look up around. You can look all around you. You can jump off of buildings. And you actually feel it. You feel it with Eternal because you, 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 your brain makes you think that you're actually there. So games in the industry are down for a little bit because virtual reality, the machines themselves are very expensive. They, they used to be very, very expensive. And then you needed a hardware to actually run the systems, to run the, the actual virtual reality machines, which means you need another, a nice high-end computer, a PC, a personal computer, not a laptop, but you need an actual desktop computer with a good CPU in it, processing unit, a graphics card. So you need a GPU, good graphics card, GPU in it. You need a lot of RAM. So your RAM helps in computating a lot of that stuff to actually configure the game to make it run uh, smoothly. Then you want to talk about augmented reality. So augmented reality is a form of almost is augmenting a uh, personal space. Like in our, we say our real, in real life, like in your own personal space. So you would take some glasses and in the glasses, you can see like your house, but then you can actually project an image within your house itself. So you can like, Ikea has stuff like that with your, your phones now to where now you can look and see how furniture will look within your house. And it's other places like rooms to go stores. This actually, so you can see how, if you put a something there or certain curtains, you can actually see how it will look in there before you actually go and purchase it. And so now a lot of the tech companies, they are taking advantage of that because augmented reality, I mean, it, it is pretty cool. Apple was coming up with some glasses. Google had first, so they had Google Glass at first. 
and what it would do is project the image in front of you, your some text messages that was come through. Like it was real small. It wouldn't you can do but so much. You could look at emails, like if a phone call was coming through, you could see that. It could actually do an overlay, and this is augmented reality. You could do an overlay of like your Google Maps. So if you need direction, step by step direction, if you are walking somewhere through a city, it would actually lay that out in front of you. Apple is coming up with theirs to where it's a little bit more smooth. And I think Microsoft is too, because Microsoft has like they are. Microsoft has glasses as well, to where it's like like regular glasses, like kind of like what I have on those is that's, that's gonna see the video. I have I'm four eye to wear glasses. So you wear glasses and it actually projects an image. And same as Tamika, you project an image over the front of the glasses through a microprocessor chip they put on the sides of them. And it actually provides a cleaner overlay to where you can play games with it. You can actually do like tasks, like if you want to check your email, so you can scroll up and down with your email. And it's actually what I'm working on now in the business I work in that I'm I'm a lab engineer. I'm not going to name the company, but I work as a lab engineer. And that's some of the technology that we're building with, um, I think it's Leap, but allow you to have something like augmented reality. And one of the projects we're working on, you could actually look at a basketball game. This is one thing we were doing. You look at a basketball game and at the basketball game, you have your glasses on, you can see the player stats. So if you want to like gamble on the players, you can gamble, gamble on those players. If you want to order a drink, you can actually pull up, like you can swipe your hand, swipe your hand, bring up like all the restaurants around the area. You can actually, you know, click it now. You're going to look crazy for those that don't have glasses. <laughs> you're going to look like you're doing some sign language when you're not really doing sign language. But you can actually see the menu in front of you. You can click on it and you can actually place your order from the, the, the computer itself. So technology is becoming far advanced. So now to get back into like the gaming aspect of it. So gaming aspect of it is pretty nice because now if, if the whole family has those augmented reality glasses or they have virtual reality, especially now during the pandemic, you can uh, use an Amazon server or Apple servers, anybody else. You can connect with friends and family that may not be close by you. And you all can sit down and play a game of chess. You can play checkers. You can play Monopoly. You can play a lot of um, a lot of Candyland. You can play a lot of family fun oriented games to connect with some of your family members that might not be close by you. Okay. And, so if we can do that, uh-huh. let's pause one second. Okay. Before we can get into that deep. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, but I love it. There are so many students and young adults that are just interested in video games, but because uh-huh. of the negative side of gaming, and we're going to talk about the positive, but the negative sides of gaming, they're on the computers too long. Now they're uh-huh. doing um, school online. So I want you to talk about how do you know and recognize when a game is a distraction, a hobby, or if it's something that you should pursue or help your young adult or older adult or student pursue? There is two. So for me personally, there is no negative side to gaming. So we've already learned this from the military. We've learned this from actual studies. Like parents used to tell us, because I grew up in the whole Atari age growing on up, and they would tell us that, you know, it's not doing anything but rotting our brains out. But actually what we've learned is it actually helps with your cognitive abilities, your hand-eye coordinations, and actually being to stay on task and focus on individual things within the game itself. So there's really nothing bad about gaming to a degree. Now, when you think about the bad side of it is how much time that are you spending on it versus actually doing real work to get things done in your everyday life. Now, if you're looking to start a business or if you're spending months, like, let's say, Fortnite, we're going to use Fortnite because a lot of a lot of winnings been coming up now about Fortnite and they moved away. Because the other thing used to be Call of Duty. And that's how they trained. They got a lot of kids and put into the military or they went and scouted them out from playing Call of Duty and whatnot and Call of Duty tournaments. But now the big thing is, is, is Fortnite. So if your kid is spending a ton of time on Fortnite 
and they're not getting anything out of it. They're just playing Fortnite and they're not doing their homework. They're not reading anything. They're not getting outside because you do need sunlight. They're not getting outside. That's a problem. Now you have to establish boundaries. You have to actually put in together some times, which a lot of these tech companies, they've taken that into consideration and they've actually built that into the computers now and to your phones and to all your streaming streaming services and platforms like Apple TV, your Amazon, uh, Roku, everything. They have the time in there for the parents can actually go in there and determine how much time you spend on that device. So that can be one bad side of it because my, my kids do it too. They spend too much time on one thing and not enough time on other stuff, especially when it involves their health. We want to make sure that if you are having your kids game or they're playing games, look at their time factor. Make sure that definitely homework is done. But yes. also, I use it as a break from homework to separate um, coming straight in, doing homework. You know, kids are getting home now later. Well, they get home at least by 5, 5.30, sometimes 6. So they need some type of break. So mm-hmm. I do allow my kids to play a little bit of Roblox. It gives them an opportunity to connect with other friends that are not at school with them. And I love the interactions. I'm impressed by the conversations that they're having about servers. I was like, whoa, you know, are you on this server? What server are you on? Were you able to log in into the platform? You know, so that's one of the things that I really am impressed with. Yeah, so you have to, let's say, like the biggest thing was uh, Minecraft. So everybody knew about Minecraft. Minecraft been around forever in a doggone day. And you do learn about servers. You learn about IP addresses because you have to, if you want to host your own server, because you can't host your own server based off your own computer. So if you got enough technology, tech in your house to where you have enough space on your, your own personal computer, you can actually host a Minecraft server from your computer and actually block it out. Like a lot of, a lot of people don't know, if you actually go into your router configurations, there is a setting in most routers that actually says set up your own Minecraft server. So what it does is allocate enough bandwidth to you and host your own Minecraft server. So it, it, and it does take away from some of the bandwidth in your own house but it allows other friends and family to connect with you. That's the plus out of it. Well, now, they're doing theirs on an iPad. So they're playing their gaming format through mm-hmm. Apple. And that's how they're playing majority of the time. They're playing Roblox. And I love the fact that they're building cities. So, yes. I, so I would like to say to parents, partake. Learn yes. what they're learning. They're actually, not all of it is negative when I start hearing them yelling. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's because they're about to run off the cliff and they're trying to yeah. swim across the, the canal or something like that. But a lot of language and different things they are learning. They're actually building characters. I've mm-hmm. even seen them build restaurants, build houses. Um, they're changing clothing on the characters. So mm-hmm. they're making them look like them. They are fashion forward. They're thinking. They're even adding things like when you were talking about um, moving with the furniture. They're saying, oh, I want a bed. I want a sofa. Um, so it's not so much of they're just playing games. They are being very, very creative. And it is sparking right. curiosity. They're coming back to me and they're saying words that I didn't think that a four-year-old and a 10-year-old would be able to learn. So what about if it's just a hobby? You know, so I want you to go next into the conversation of how do they start to make money off watching them play these games or sharing it with other people? So now that we're playing with family members and friends, how can they put their hobby so much or how can we guide them into saying, hey, you know, you can get paid 200, 300 dollars a week or a day or, you know, not making that be the only incentive. But if you're spending that much time on something a week, 
we should benefit from. Right. So it it is a multi-billion dollar industry. And it's in and before I get on that, real quick, Apple has come out with a, a new game that you can use on your iPad and on your your MacBooks or whatever to teach kids how to code. I mean, it's an actual cute based game and you can actually go in there and code out what the characters do within the game. And every step, it shows you, okay, what's the next step? And this is how you code. How are they going to jump? How are they going to attack a character or whatever? And you actually have to put that into place. Now to go into how, that's the fun side of it. And you can, you can learn a lot from it too. Now to go to the, the hobby side of it. Okay, how do you make money off of it? So a lot of the, like I said in the intro, a lot of the big streamers are streaming now. So even if you don't want to stream, a lot of people don't feel comfortable getting in front of a camera or talking in front of it and talking to other people. Even though they talk to kids, there's a difference between talking to a kid that you can kick off the server versus actually getting out streaming. But you can record videos. So you can record videos from your webcam. And even if you don't even want to use a camera in, in itself, you can just record yourself playing the game using any uh, streaming platforms. You can use like OBS, which I can't tell you what the acronym is for that. But you can use OBS Studios and other streaming things that you can record the video content. And then once you record the video content, you can edit it up. There's a lot of editors out there. They're free editors that you can edit that video up and then you can upload it to YouTube. You can upload it to Twitch because even though Twitch is a streaming, you can still upload videos to Twitch and you can upload it to Facebook. From there, uploading on it, you can tell friends and family, hey, come check out my video, see what I've done, see what I've created, look at the fun I'm having with this game. And now you start generating ad revenue from people actually coming in viewing your video. So the biggest thing that you're getting from it is trying to drive traffic, almost like a website, drive traffic into your your YouTube channel, your Facebook channel, whatever, drive traffic into your channel. And from driving traffic into your channel, you now start building up ad revenue. Now, we all know about ad revenue. We saw a lot of it during this election. We, we saw a lot of it just doing anybody trying to sell something to you. Somebody's getting paid off of it and somebody has to get paid. And it's similar to what you make from like video games. So you, kids know a lot of kids. Kids know a lot of kids. And if your whole task is, hey, go check out my video. As long as they watch at least 10 to 15 minutes of it, you're generating ad revenue and you can stand to make a lot of money from just doing that alone. A lot of us adults, we we fall short in that because a lot of us don't know a lot of people. Kids are always around each other. Kids are hanging out at parks. You know, people go to school. They're, they're more active on social media than a lot of us adults are. So they have a huge platform from Snapchat to Instagram to uh, TikTok, even though, you know, U.S. trying to ban TikTok still. You got TikTok. You have a ton of social media platforms that these kids are really are active in Twitter. And they drive those people into their streaming services. They can make money just from the ad revenue alone, just from clicks, just from likes. And you get feedback. Sometimes it's not good, but you still get feedback on how good the video is. So if somebody's telling you, hey, you can do this and do that to it, you can actually get, like most people, we do surveys. That's your survey. Your customers, because they're your customers, tell you what they want to see next or how they want to see things differently. You can go in there and change it up. So that's one way that you can turn your hobby and actually to a business. So if they're spending a ton of time on it, if they're spending a ton of time playing Fortnite, encourage them to record it. Hey, you're having a lot of fun on it. You're talking to your friends. A lot of y'all trash talking. Y'all get real toxic, but still you're having fun on it. Record it. Edit it up a little bit. Edit it up in 30-minute segments. Post it on YouTube. Post it on Facebook. And get all those people that you're talking to just come out and check your video out. And you can make money from that. Wow. Let's talk about what you're doing in the gaming industry and how it's helped from a mental mental health standpoint and discuss your new On the Couch series. Did I say that right? You just um, said it right. And how mental health in society, especially with the pandemic and people feeling alone, 
not being able to go around their friends or attend just simple things like church, concerts. Um, you know, I've thought about what is it that I really miss. I just would like to go to a play at the Fox Theater and just sit down and order a drink and have some popcorn. You know, just yes. some of the things, you know, watching kids who are into performing in arts and theater. So a lot of the things that became regular routine for people have now been taken away. Um, just even school. Who would have thought years ago that you can't even just go to school? And a lot of schools are open, but a lot of school districts have still resorted to staying online and doing digital and vir virtual learning. So as the world is different, pandemic is happening, I'm trying to get back to a sense of normalcy. You talk a lot about what's happening with the gaming industry and how it's helped. So speak to that. So one of the biggest things, I mean, you have to look at why do we play video games? We kind of, we kind of play video games to detach ourselves from what's going on in the regular life. I mean, that's just, that's just really the reality of it. We like, we like it because it's fun. We get some entertainment out of it, but it kind of separates us from what's happening in IRL because we always say IRL, which is in real life. So uh, now let's fast forward to the pandemic. So the game, so you you was using it to detach yourself, but now that we're being forced to sit at home, you've lost that whole interaction and that connectivity with other human beings. Even if you're an introvert, like when I was in school, I was an introvert. I was a big introvert. I'm, now I'm an introvert, extrovert. But even still being around other kids, you still feed out the energy from other kids being around you because it helps out with your brain to where you're looking at things that give you something to talk about. You actually see stuff taking place. So energy feeds off other energy. But now that you're being forced to stick at home, you don't have that. You don't have that at all. And one of the biggest things I saw, because I'm a gamer, I've always been a gamer. Even I'm a politician, I'm always, I love playing video games because like I said, it helps me out to kind of, you know, if you're having a hard day and like, if, especially if you live in here in, in Georgia, in Atlanta, you guys see Atlanta traffic, you can come home after you've worked out or whatever, put on a game and just zone out and just, you can know, chill out get your mind off of stuff and relax before, you know, you as you wind down for the night. So now I've what I've been finding out since I've been streaming because now I stream now. And I started streaming because I'm trying to, you know, broaden my horizon and connect with other people because I don't get out as much either. So it allows me to connect with other people just like me. Because that's one good thing that you can do now. You can connect with other like-minded individuals that play video games or they watch anime because I'm a big anime nerd too or sci-fi stuff. So you now can form new friendships virtually that you could not have formed seeing them in IRL. So now you get into another aspect of it is, okay, well, I can't physically touch anybody. So a lot of kids now are facing depression. They're having suicidal thoughts because they can't get around their friends like they used to. They're suffering from uh, being lonely because they cannot get out and talk to other people. And I've been connecting with a lot of these people. Now, I've endured a lot of stuff in my life. And because I've endured so much in my life, they're coming to me asking me for advice and how do I deal with certain situations? So I was feeding out so much stuff that it started actually tanking me out mentally. Like I, I didn't, I really didn't have a nervous breakdown because I was helping out so many. And I was helping out kids. I was really helping these kids out and telling them what they can look, what they can look forward to, how things are not going to always be as bad as they think they are, and some of the things they can do to kind of fight against that. Because I do believe in meditation. So one of the things I started up on my Twitch channel from streaming and talking to so many kids, I started a session called On the Couch. On the Couch, I, I invite a guest out kind of like with some of the guests I have come onto the podcast that actually deals with people with mental health. I don't care if it's somebody dealing with Reiki or somebody that's a therapist, somebody to come out or somebody that's just, you know, like just like me, just been through a whole bunch of stuff in their life and they can actually speak to the youth. I invite them on to my Twitch channel, something different. I'm not trying to get no, no money out of it. It's really to benefit the community and have some of these kids come out and ask questions so we can all talk about it and fight it as a whole. 
because the biggest thing that we suffer from, and Tamika and I talked about this, is that especially in the black community, it's a, it's a stigmatism that if you speak out and say that you were seeing a therapist, like it's, it's kind of frowned upon and nobody really talks about their problems. So one of the things I did set up too in this on the couch session was it's still, it's you're anonymous. I don't want to know your personal name. I don't want anybody knowing your personal name because me being a security engineer, that's, that's one of my pet peeves too. I want to know anything personal about you. I want you to ask a hypothetical question. That might be really what you're going through, but ask a hypothetical question. And how would you go about fighting this? And I feed that off into my guest that's on the show that's a specialist. And we talk about the situation and they speak to the problems at hand to kind of give them some guidance on what they should be doing. And also in my own personal discord. So I do have a discord. It's uh, ptg.tv. <laughs> it is a discord. I post motivational things in my Zen channel on my Discord and I open it up to where if you have more questions, I can ask my guests to come out to help them out because really gaming is great and the gaming industry is great and it's also helping out with your mental health. So I'm going to tackle, just please talk about the mental health aspect of it. So now, like I said, you partner with people that's just like you and you can actually talk to other kids who's been going to some of the same things you're going through, but now you have something in common, which is a lot of things, a lot of us have a problem with finding people that, that have the same like mind as us. So now you can sit down, you can play games with these individuals, you can play competitive games, y'all can form a team, actually unify each other and go against other teams. So it really helps out with your mental health and stability. So as we are facing this hard time in this pandemic, you not only you connecting with other people and you're not losing just the, the physical connection, but you actually making a new connection to break the bond that you lost from the previous. So I don't know if they answered the question, but <laughs> but really, I mean, mental health is a serious thing. And a lot of us don't like talking about it. Even as adults, a lot of people don't, you know, you don't like talking about it because this is a hard thing that people are going through. People are losing their jobs. People have lost family members. Family members are getting sick. You can't go out and see them. Or if you don't have anybody around you, you're getting tired of being cooped up in the house. You suffer from cabin fever. You know, it's you're, or you're losing money because you don't have a lot of people going out shopping. So it's a lot of things taking place, messing with people's cognitive, their mental abilities to be able to stabilize themselves in their day-to-day life. And gaming is one app. I encourage everybody to do it. I don't care if you're playing chess. Even if you can't say, okay, well, Call of Duty is too advanced for me, doing shooting all this stuff up and doing these tasks. Okay, you can get online and play chess. You can uh, you can do a whole bunch. There's a lot of games out there. And they actually have mental games. I mean, they're the games that you can you actually use to help practice out, you know, uh, it helps with your train of thought. And I encourage a lot of older people just to get into it, just to try it out. You don't have to be a streamer. You know, I, you know we kind of encourage that to kind of make some money out of it. You're going to spend some time and try to invest in and get some money off of it. But it's overall, though, I think it helps out with your mental health. Get out. I do still say get out, get some exercise, go for a walk, breathe, get some fresh air, get some vitamin D in your system. But then when you come back home and you're winding down, yeah, chill out, play a video game. Come join me on, on the couch on Thursdays. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, depending on my guest. Yes, my shameless plug. <laughs> Twitch.tv, escaping the matrix. <laughs> Not a problem. How, um, how do we go about getting a Twitch account? And do you need a Twitch account in order to um, gain? Or do you have other platforms and other accounts? Or is it just that Twitch is so popular right now? Twitch is one of the most popular ones. Like I said, you have Facebook. You have So Facebook has just now started a Facebook gaming platform. I think they had it once before, but they canceled because everybody was going to Twitch. So you have Facebook, you have YouTube, so you can stream live on YouTube. Now, if you have a Gmail account, you already got a YouTube account. Flat out, bottom line, you already got a YouTube account. And if you want to get on there and stream, you can do that from that Gmail account that you've already had set up. That is a good thing about Google and how they built that platform out. 
a lot of people say, well, you know, how do I get a YouTube? You, you already have a YouTube. <laughs> like if you, I don't care. Anytime you create a brand new Gmail account, you are given a YouTube channel, you're given calendar, you get access to all of Google's platforms that you can create content on. And that's what they really want you to do, come out and create some content on. Uh, Twitch to watch programs. I don't, you don't necessarily need Twitch, a Twitch account, but it's twitch.tv. You don't need a Twitch account, but they kind of encourage it because if you find somebody that you're liking, like somebody's uh, baking something on Twitch, they're streaming it, you you know, you might want to get in there and ask a question. So that's what you would need to actually go into twitch.tv and set up your own Twitch account. I always say, and I'm going to say it again, do not put your personal name in there. Get get creative. I don't care. Call, like my name is Escaping the Matrix. It's, you know, and it's, something about, and it's about my own personal beliefs, which is why I named it that way. But get in there and create something that you like. Make your own username, but get in there and become interactive. I mean, get in there and talk to some of these streamers because you do have some low-level stream. Like when you get into higher streamers, of course, not everybody's going to be able to talk to you, the streamer won't, but the moderators. So in every Twitch channel, so I guess I break this down too, every streaming platform, they have moderators. The moderators are to govern the laws of the community itself. So the moderators do interact with the chat room because when you get in there, you start talking, you talk in a chat room. The moderators are there to encourage things and then make sure people are, like I said, adhering to the rules. So when you get in there and start asking questions, the moderators will talk to you and they encourage you to talk because they want, they're building a community. Kind of like I said with my, the House of Matrix, with my platform, we're all about community building. So I want you to come in there and talk to me because I talk to my chat. I do, I am interactive. I do talk to my chat. But if you, if, if you have a big time streamer, you talking about like T-Pain, for instance, T-Pain stream, T-Pain streams on Twitch. And, you know, if you don't check out T-Pain, you, you miss out on something because T-Pain does put on a show on Twitch. He actually mixes up music on Twitch, but he is a he's a funny guy. He's a very funny guy. But you can get in there and T-Pain is interactive. He talks to his chat. You can talk to T-Pain and his moderators will talk to you, too. But it gives you a chance to go in there. Find, again, find some people that you like and you can talk and ask questions and they'll answer them. And then if they really want you to get involved, they will point you to your their Discord community. So Discord, it's a separate platform. It's meant to build, it's meant, it's almost like a Slack channel, if you, are, if you know what Slack are, if you're in IT. So it's meant to have a separate community outside of Twitch where you can interact with the streamer or interact with people that's within that platform itself. So you can have talk throughout the day. If you have problems, you can talk to talk about your problems in Discord. So it's another way of when I'm not streaming, this is where I'm hanging out at. You know, come hang out on my streets and we can interact and talk together from there, too. So you always you technically always stay connected. So even with that, so even if you don't get into a gaming community, you just want to you want to troll because we do call you trolls. You want to lurk. You can lurk. Go out and lurk. You can lurk and watch people's channels without being. You lurk me. You, you're giving us <laughs> different things. That's why I said it's a whole nother conversation. So, uh... A lot of language. So definitely we're going to we are going to continue this. episode. <laughs> we're going to pick back up. We may even do a second series. Um, yeah, it's a lot. So I we I will say we'll do a second series. So real quick. Go ahead. So so lurking is just you watching from a distance. Okay. That's the only thing you're doing. You just watching from a distance. You're not saying nothing. You just lurking. Kind of like you watching something. You being a, you, the, the nosy granny on the street. You just watching somebody do something, not being involved in anything. So yes. Thank you so much, Antonio. I think today's show has opened my eyes. I want to kind of look into read about a Twitch account, think about some other ways that I can engage my kids online in this virtual world, and maybe even allow them to use, to record, and to establish their YouTube channel because, of course, they have their Gmails, but I really truly worry about their safety and um, them being involved in something that I'm not aware of when I'm not around. So I 
it will be something they will only be able to do when they have adult supervision to even post their videos to chat and to talk back or maybe they'll join your session and you start um, navigating with young kids who are in elementary school age groups. So today has been exciting. I would like to pick it back up maybe next week and let's talk about females in gaming and how it is great for kids with either autism or dyslexia are great for kids who are struggling in school, how the gaming world can find its way to help them be able to cope with some of their personal issues. So thank you so, so, so much for us talking about a topic that you all can see is so passionate to Antonio. And it's it's this great dialogue (laughs) to break up some of our political conversations. Politics have been so heavy um, this year. So we just kind of wanted to talk about something a little bit different to get your minds going and to make you think. So I am Tamika Day. I know Antonio is going to charge me with leaving you all with a positive, positive (laughs) motivation. I'm going to keep it simple today. I'm going to say dream it, believe it, achieve it. Make it happen. I am Tamika Day. So yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's a it's a big thing. I encourage everybody to get into it. Even when Tamika's, um, if you want to get your kids involved, you can lock it down to where they can post a video without having chat active or anything, and they can just post a video and people can watch it and you know do a like and whatever. And it like it does help with autism. My moderator, my moderator, he is autistic and he's a, a great guy. He actually lives in Australia. He's a great guy. But yeah, what I want to leave it with, we will bring it back up next week because there is a lot to delve into. And I, you know, I'm excited about it and I like it and I love it because I'm an IT guy and I'm like, I'm a gamer. So even outside of politics and everything else, it's just fun. It's a good way to just to detox and get your mind off a lot of things. But, but as you can see, with what we're dealing with with diselections, technology has been the key factor. Yes. Yes, it has. Even in the political um, arena that we're dealing with right now. So don't rule out technology. It's really no. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Tony. <laughs> so one of the big things I like to leave myself with and leave, not leave myself, we leave the community with is the things I'm going to start focusing on now, just even pushing out heavy is the three L's. So everybody's always saying you're taking L's. So when you take an L, it's taking a loss in the gaming community. But the three L's, live, love, laugh. So I encourage everybody to do that every day. Live to your fullest. Laugh at everything because everything can be funny. And just uh, uh, live, love, and just just live. Live like, live like you. there is no tomorrow. And it's like, that's not a sad thing to say. This means just live at your fullest every single day. And I think if you do that and you invest more time into yourself, everything that you're trying to attract and you're trying to manifest, the universe and God will give it to you. So thank you all for tuning in. Thank Tamika for being back again. I know I had two episodes without Tamika, but you know, I always miss my co-host. She's a, she's an OG. I miss my co-host. <laughs> So thank everybody for again. We got, we will have another episode next week talking about this and going deep dive into it. And we will talk about women in gaming because it is a big industry that I think women should get into as well too and make your voices heard. Uh, I am Antonio Hicks. Again, Escaping the Matrix. You can find me on ptgptv.online. But if you, if you strictly want to come to check me out on Twitch, I know I've been stopping saying this for a while. I am on twitch.tv, Escaping the Matrix. And I do have an on account session every Thursday now, unless, you know, I don't have a guest show, but I will have it every Thursday starting at nine o'clock to help to battle mental health issues within the gaming community and just mental health issues overall from a lot of us that has felt just dealt with it and is still dealing with it today. So thank you guys for always tuning in and listening. I want you all to remember to stay safe out there, cover yourselves up. Love you. Have a happy podcast.